May we turn, please, to Genesis 28. And Jacob... Genesis 28, please. Chapter 1. Verse 7, Jacob obeyed his father and his mother. Jacob obeyed his father and his mother. I undertook this series of messages on the patriarch Jacob because of the attention that the world has had to Israel and the promises that God has yet to fulfill concerning Jacob. We have been reviewing his life as the patriarch, the father. He is Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the three mighty patriarchs. Uh, We saw how he stole his brother's birthright. We saw how his mother favored him and worked in his behalf. When we came down to the end of the last message, we saw that Esau had gone out and married a maid of the Hittites. And that Isaac and Rebekah were filled with grief of mind because of that marriage. We come now to chapter 28 and we find that Isaac calls his son Jacob and blesses him and says, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. And in this 28th chapter, we have Jacob dealing with a wife, Jacob dealing with a ladder, Jacob dealing with a seed, who is Christ, and Jacob dealing with a pledge, which he makes. Now, as you read these records that have been preserved for us, God is emphasizing to every family the great decision and the great problems that are involved in the marriage of our children. These are problems. And in this case, Isaac says to Jacob, Jacob, your mother and I are of the opinion that You can't stay around here where there are these beautiful girls from the Canaanites. Their gods are pagan. The practices are contrary to our practices. We can't uh, intermingle them. We can't integrate with the Hittites or with the Canaanites. And we feel the time has come for you to go back over 
into that part of the world from which we came and see if you can't find yourself a wife. And they told him to go. And he said, well, if that's what you think I should do, I'll, I'll go. So he decided he would leave and go back to the old country and see if he wouldn't be able to find himself a wife. Now many of the problems that we have right here in our church center around this very question. And many of the difficulties that some of us have in our families right now center around these very problems. And of course for those of us who are older and the families are all married and these problems are behind us, uh, we can't uh, give them a charge to get married, but it's you younger families that have younger people and have children that need to give attention to this question. And you parents need to give attention to this question in such a degree that it ought to determine major decisions so far as your activities are concerned. It used to do that. It did that in former generations. Where a man lived and the associates he had and where he labored and the contacts he had and where he went to church and the social uh, 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 fellowship which was a part of their life was very important. Today that's not important. We moved around, the company moves me here, the company moves me there, the company takes me here, the company does something, and the company determines everything for us. And we don't come to the place where we say, well here I have a family and I have some daughters and I have some sons. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to, the Lord's going to take care of me, but I'm going to take care of them first. I'm going to see about their training. I'm going to see about their instruction. I'm going to see about their companions. I'm going to see about the churches they go to. And I'm going to see that my sons and my daughters have the right associates so they'll marry the right people. Now that's the problem. And Jacob... The young lad that he was found that his mother and father said, Son, we're going to send you back home. We're going to send you over there to the brother of your mother here. And there's some nice girls over there. We know. We've heard about them. And there are others. And if you'll go back over there, why, you'll be able to find a wife. And then you'll have someone of like faith. And you'll have someone who will understand our customs and our ways. And we can have peace in the family in the next generation. The breakdown of our homes, the breakdown in this area, in our country, is utterly fantastic today. Who cares about the young people? Let them run here. Let them run there. Let them go here. Makes no difference what school they go to. We'll let them pick their own school if they want to. And we have let down in this area of just practical uh, planning and an understanding of the problems that we have. You families that have girls, if you let them run out here with this crowd, just as sure as you're alive, one of these days something's going to happen, or one of these days they're going to get mixed up, one of these days they're going to marry somebody, and then it's done. And the place where you live and the place where you take your children will determine the contacts and the friends which they make. And out of these contacts and out of these friends come the marriages and come the years that are before us. And... Jacob was told by his parents, we think enough of you and enough of the daughter that we want you to marry, the girl that we want you to marry, 
that we're willing to send you away from our presence and send you back over there where we know there won't be the Canaanite girls peeping in on you and making eyes at you and trying to get you to go this way or to go that way. And consequently, we're going to send you back where you can find a girl that will be of our kind. Now, beloved, that's very plain, frank preaching. That's what some of our parents need to be told, and that's what a lot of families need to listen to. If you're not concerned about the marriages of your children, you're going to suffer and have trouble and heartaches and heartbreaks. But if you are concerned about the marriages of your children and the contacts which they have, many of these things will be relieved and delivered in God's good providence for you and for your family. I think this is especially true in relationship to these colleges. And I think it's especially true in relationship to these contacts in the latter teen years. We see young people in our own church, and it's the most beautiful thing. And I say very, very thankful to God that we've had so many contacts and so many marriages. And one of the most beautiful things that ever happens in this church is when we have a great wedding, and they come down the aisles, and we stand around here, and all the folks are gathered. And who are they? Well, they're all in the church. They're from the families of the church. And you people know in this church that in the years that we've been here, we've had so many, and we've got so many interconnections with families made as a result of being in this church, made as a result of your contacts one with the other in the youth activities and the other activities of this church. And this is what Isaac was concerned about. And I cannot emphasize it too strongly today to you families that have these children. I'm concerned about our Christian school project, and I want to see us get our Christian high school underway because the pressures and the influences now in the public schools and these other areas are leading our young people away, and they're just moving so easily and gently along, and we must provide the educational Uh, Standards, and we must provide these schools, and we must take this thing in hand and do something about it if we're going to preserve some marriages and from the marriages the next generation and out of the next generation those who will carry on the torch and the standard of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this was the problem that Isaac was dealing with when he talked to his wife and they said, well, uh, let's send... uh, Uh, Jacob away and he obeyed his mother and his father and he went I may say to the young people in our churches you young people have a great deal of liberty more so than they do in other parts of the world how would you like to go out to Kerala and be with Bishop Stevens how would you like to go to St. Thomas Evangelical Church where I've been several times And you can imagine the embarrassment of your pastor the first time I went out there and was delivering a nice exposition. I got into some illustration of a boy and a girl getting together and being married. And I I knew there was something wrong. But you know what they do in South India? You know what they do up there, young lady, in South India? You know what they do? Your mother picks the boy out for you and that's it. You know what they know what they do out in South India, young man? Your father picks the girl out for you, and that's it. That's the way it's been done, generation after generation. And they do it, and they do it so that they don't get outside of the caste system. 
and uh, the uh, Brahmins uh, picked the Brahmins and Bishop Stephen in his area. You've got these lines and the parents choose the bride and the parents choose the groom and the match is all put together and sometimes they've never seen each other. They live in different towns and different areas. They never know anything about it until the wedding day. Now, would you like to have it that way? Isn't this strange? They don't like that. But we go to the other extreme. We go completely to the other extreme. And young people say, well, it makes no difference about my mother and father. I'll marry whom I'll please, and I like this boy, and he's done this to me. Let's go get married. That goes to the other extreme in these areas. And we must, the families and the children, and you girls and you boys that think about running away and getting married, don't you do it. You'll grieve and regret it as the years pass on. And Jacob is dealing with this basic problem. We've always had it. We always will have it in the Christian church and in our Christian home. Now in the second place, as Jacob started out to do what his parents told him to do, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And he passed through Beersheba and he came to this place where it was night and the sun had gone down and there wasn't anything around but a few stones. And he gathered up these stones and over here and took a stone for his pillow to get some sleep. And during his sleep, he had this dream. And here was a ladder that extended from heaven down to his very pillow right to where he was. And he saw the angels of heaven coming and going. And then the Lord spoke unto him, saying, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest. Now before I develop that for you, I first would like to set everybody straight on this matter of the dream. We don't have such dreams today. And don't any of you boys and girls go to bed and get you a stone and say, I'm going to dream like Jacob dreamed. Because you're not going to dream like Jacob dreamed. It doesn't occur today. In fact, we are forbidden to put any credence in any such dreams that may come to us along this line. In this Old Testament period of the patriarchs and on through through the prophets, God did speak by means of dreams. God did speak by means of these direct media of revelation. He did it. But beloved, in the latter days, he's spoken to us through Jesus Christ, his son. And Jesus Christ promised that the Holy Ghost would come and he would lead us into all truth. These were the promises that Christ gave. And the places where we obtain our guidance and our knowledge of God's promises to us are not in the bedchambers and not out with the rock piles. The place where we obtain that now is in the Holy Scriptures. 
And our place to receive our instruction is out of the holy record which God has given to us, which is indeed the scriptures of the Old and the New Testament. Now, I want to get you boys and girls straight on this thing. Son, you may have some kind of a wild dream, but don't you believe in it. You may have some kind of a, an experience, and you'll say, I saw a ladder come down to me. You say, well... Maybe I did, but I'm not going to trust that thing. I'm going to put my trust in this. This is the message of God. But during the Old Testament dispensation and this Old Testament economy, God did speak directly by these means. And I don't think this is a myth. I don't think this is just a nice pretty story about a ladder in a dream. I think this really happened. I don't think there's any question but what the Lord himself said. I am the Lord thy God. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. And Jacob, you're on your way to get yourself a wife. You've decided you're not going to marry a Canaanite girl over here. And Jacob, you've been obedient to your father and your mother. And now, Jacob, I've come to you. And I'm going to tell you here at this place what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to be with you, Jacob. Oh, Jacob, I'm going to bless you. And your seed's going to fill to the east and to the west and to the north and to the south. And Jacob, and oh, beloved, at this point, God tells Jacob that it will be in his seed that the Savior and the Messiah would come. This place where Jacob spent the night with a stone for his pillow, he got up and he said, truly, this is a sacred spot. He said, we must call it the house of God. He called it Bethel, which means the house of God. And from that time forth, whenever God appeared unto Jacob, he says, I am the God of Bethel. Jacob, I spoke to you that night at Bethel. And I told you that I'd be with you. And that I'd use you. And I'd bless your marriages. I'd bless the children that would come from you. Out of his loins came the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And here we are, beloved. Here's the seed of Jacob being promised to him as he's on his way to get a bride, not of the Canaanites, but of his own people. And here God is telling him that I will raise up out of you a mighty company that will be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. Only God could make promises like that. Only God could give great and glorious visions of this kind to this man, Jacob, this lad, as he was going off to get himself a bride. And it's in this moment of obedience, it's in this moment of faith, that God tells him that in his seed, out of his seed, will come this one who will bless the nations. He made that promise to Abraham, and thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And that seed was none other than Christ. He renewed the promise to Isaac that in his seed would all the nations be blessed. Now he's renewed this promise to Jacob that in his seed, and this is a direct promise which was literally fulfilled in God's own time when Jesus Christ was born into this world. God gave to Jacob the promise of the Savior. Now may I stop here very, very, very definitely and point out to you 
that I believe that at this point Jacob was saved. I believe he was saved. Maybe he had been saved before, but at this point he is certainly saved at this time. He had come to the place now where God has made it clear to him that this Messiah is coming through him. Do you mean to say that Jacob had never heard about the seed of the woman? Why, he'd heard it from his youth. Do you mean to say that Jacob had never heard about the promise that God gave to Abraham? Why, Abraham had told it to Isaac and Isaac to him. Do you mean to say that Jacob had never heard what God said to Isaac, that in his seed would the nations be blessed? The most important discussion of any subject within the family circle of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was the seed that would save them. The most important topic of discussion in your home, the most important topic of discussion in this church is the seed of the woman who's to save us and to give us all the promises of eternity. Abraham knew the gospel. He rejoiced to see the day of Christ and he saw it. Isaac knew the gospel. He believed and was saved by faith. Jacob knew the gospel, and at this point, heaven itself confirmed to Jacob the gospel that in this seed there would be a Savior and that all the nations of the earth would be blessed. All of the patriots, all down through the centuries, as they looked forward to the first coming of Jesus Christ, were saved. They had the circumcision of the heart. They had the new creation. They had all of these things, just as you and I have them today. And they were members of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, the church, the ecclesia in the Old Testament, as Stephen called it. There's only been one way in which anybody could come to salvation and it has been through the seed of Abraham. And that one is Jesus Christ. And when I come to Jacob, somebody says, isn't it strange that you'll take an old antiquated old story that goes back and this fellow was mixed up and they had problems and you try to get something out of that that would be of value to a 20th century congregation? Beloved, that in this passage which is of value to a 20th century congregation is the seed of the woman. And it's the same gospel and the same message and the same power and the same redemption that saved Jacob, that saves you and me, and the promises that God gave to Jacob in which he told him he would bless him and he would be with him. These promises are renewed to us. And our Savior said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And when I pick up Jacob and read Jacob, I find a brother. When I pick up Jacob and begin to read these things and read about he he and his wife telling his son they must go off and get a daughter, one of the daughters back there in the old country and marry her instead of getting mixed up with the Canaanites, he's talking the kind of language that needs to be heard in every home in the Christian church. No, I would say Jacob's not out of date. I think he's very much up to date. But now let's move on to this last point. We have a wife, we've had a ladder, we've had a seed. And now will you move down to the last. Verse 19. And he called the name of that place Bethel. And it's one of the great places of Palestine today. And Jacob vowed a vow say. Jacob vowed a vow say. 
If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go. Isn't it precious he wanted to be kept in this way? He was going to get himself a wife. He had been led in a way in which God appeared to him. He says, I want to stay in this way. I want God to lead me. I want to hear these promises of God. I want to delight in this, in this seed that he tells me about. Oh, if God will do this for me. And Bubba, that's what you ought to say. We want God to keep us in this way. We want God to be with us in our trials, in our troubles. And he said, if God will keep me this, in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again into my Father's house in peace, I'm going to get myself a wife, but when I get myself a wife, I'm coming back to my Father's house, and I'm going to carry on the work of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I'm going to be faithful to the things that Abraham taught Isaac, and Isaac taught me, and I'm going to be loyal to the God of my fathers. I told you I thought he was saved. I don't think there's any doubt but what Jacob was saved at this point. Look what's happened. He's gotten up from this experience and he turns around and says, I'll make a vow and I'm going to come back to my father's house and there I'll serve the Lord and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be a house the God's house. He said, I slept on a pillow. This is what happened. I'm going to take that pillow, uh, that, that pillow of mine and I'm going to erect it here and this is going to be the house of God to me. And now notice verse 22. You know he was saved. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee what? Aren't you sorry you ran into that one? Of all that thou hast given me, I will surely give what? A tenth to thee. Jacob says, here I am, Lord. I'm on the way to get myself a wife. And you've met with me and you've made your promise. I know that you're first. Lord, you'll be above my wife. You'll be above everything else, and I'm going to give you a tenth. Well, whoever talked to Jacob about a tenth? Well, he must have gone to a February sermon in Collingswood. He must have gone somewhere where someone, I'll tell you what he did. He got it from Abraham. Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek. He got it from Isaac. Isaac gave tithes. And Jacob said, I'm going out and get myself a wife. God's promised to be with me. I'll come back to the house of my fathers and I'm not going to change the religion of my fathers. I'm not going to change the ways of my fathers. I am pledging to God that as Abraham gave his tithes of everything that I received from God, the tenth of it, I'll give back to him. You know, when I studied this, I thought, you know, Jacob made this decision to tithe before he got married. You know? Every once in a while, young people say to me, well, we'll have to decide this problem after we get married. No, beloved, you don't decide this problem after you get married. You decide this problem before you get married. You decide this problem. 
of your relationship and what you're going to give to the God of your fathers. You decide that when you come to him and when you find him as your savior and you know he's redeemed you and he's brought you unto himself and these great covenant promises abide from generation to generation, from household to household. And when you come to an understanding of these great and glorious things, you say, Lord, of all that thou hast given me. And what I delight about this great passage here so far as Jacob is, he was persuaded that it was God that had given it to him. God was leading him. God was going to take care of him. God had directed his path and now he's going to get himself a wife. And when he gets himself a wife, he's going to come back. And when he comes back, he's going back to carry on the work of his father. And when he gets back there to carry on that work, he's going to be established and strengthened in these things. And as long as he lives, one-tenth, the first-tenth of everything he gets will go to the Lord. That was Jacob. You know, beloved... And I say to you boys and girls in this choir, I want you boys and girls to promise God that you'll give 10% of everything God gives you. That's it, like Jacob. I want you young lads over here to say that 10% of everything I receive, I will give it to my God like Jacob did. God says, Jacob, I'm going to take care of you as long as you live. I'll go with you wherever you go. I'll be with you. And Jacob says, I'll vow, vow. Lord, I'll do these things for you. And beloved, we don't have to have a ladder on a stone to make the decision. We have a book written in and without with a seal of the Spirit of God. And this Holy Spirit is here speaking to our hearts out of Jacob. Young people... Do you know what a tenth is, son? Do you know what a tenth is? You don't know. That little lad with a brown coat on doesn't even know what a tenth is. He says no. Well, somebody better tell him. Son, how many fingers do you have? You got ten, haven't you? Huh? Now how many do you have? Yeah, he sees. He got one. I just held up one finger. He's got sense enough to see it. That's right, son. You got $10, God gets the first one. Always. Always. When Jacob got through with all of his problems and all of his situations, he said, I will vow to my God that this is what I'll do in his service as long as I live. That's Jacob. Let us pray. Oh, God, our Father, we thank thee this morning for this 28th chapter. We see this wife, we see this ladder, we see this seed, we see this vow. And we thank thee that all of these things happen in our own experiences, that we may be brought to the place where we make vows, and then by thy grace we keep them. We thank thee for the patriarch Jacob. Be with us now as we go on with the story. As he works these seven years to get his wife and then has to wait seven years more for the right one. And Lord, may we follow him. May we see thy grace in him. But Lord, we praise thee for the latter and for the angels and for the message. 
and for what it did in the life of this man in changing him and leading him to make these vows of his obedience to thee. God bless Jacob to us. Abraham's our father. Isaac is our father. Jacob is our father. And we delight in what thou didst do with them by thy grace. For Christ's sake, amen. All right, uh, hymn number 400. 400. <clears throat>